Well, here we are, 17 days into the month of January, and I'm pretty sure that it's safe to say that things didn't go back to normal at the stroke of midnight. In fact, if you ask some people, it got even worse. And uh, honestly, it's kind of depressing. I mean, let's think about all the things that we went through last year in the year of 2020. All, all of the, the pandemic things and the racial injustice things and the political tension that we've been feeling and not to mention all the stuff that is in our own personal lives, the financial stuff, the relationship stuff. You know, it's almost fair to say that 2020 was the year of heartbreak and heartache and it's looking like 2021 isn't going to get any better. And unfortunately, well... Those kinds of things can can rock a human being to the core. But as followers of Jesus, well, we're supposed to be smiling and happy the whole time and nothing is supposed to get us down. But let's be honest with ourselves. When things like this happen, well, they begin to shake us to our core as well. And I would be lying to you guys if I said that there weren't times over the past year that I didn't question my faith. There would be that there would, were times over the past year where I didn't begin to let some doubt creep in. And to be honest, it's still kind of going on even to this day. I mean, it's it's hard to look at the news and then think to yourself, is there really a God? And if, if there is a God, why is he allowing these things to happen? But faith is such a huge thing in our lives. I mean, followers of Christ, we're supposed to be known by our faith and our love. And yet, there's days where our faith feels like we're walking on eggshells, maybe on a thin sheet of glass at best, and it could just shatter at any time. We're going to read a story today about some some people in the Bible, some guys in the Bible that had a lot of faith in Jesus, and it led them to do something kind of crazy. Um, so we're reading about the ministry of Jesus through the eyes of Luke, who is the author of the Gospel of Luke, and he was a historian that sat down with a bunch of people that were around for Jesus' ministry, and he interviewed them, and this is the chronological story that he got about Jesus's life. And when we last left Jesus, we had talked about how he went out into the lake to the lake of Gennesaret, excuse me, on the on Simon Peter's boat, and he was preaching and then he asked them to catch fish and they did and they caught a huge catch and it was after that that Jesus looked at them and said, "Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men." And they did. Peter and James and John, they dropped everything and they follow Jesus. So Jesus went on and he healed a man of leprosy. And and now we pick up the story in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, 
Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Let's pray. Father God, as we investigate this scripture further, as we look into it and, and, and try to find meaning for our lives in this day and age, I just pray that it be open to us. And Father, I pray that our ears will hear this message, our minds will interpret, our hearts will internalize, and our wills will go and do, Father. And I just pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So if we were to look at the biblical definition of faith, we just need to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And in verse 1, the author of the book tells us what faith is. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If you wanted to look at the quote-unquote secular definition of faith, it is this, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Basically what what both this author and, and the Webster's Dictionary definition are both saying is that you have complete trust in something or someone and that you put your hope in it. You put your assurance in it. And to be quite honest, the past year has been extremely challenging for many, 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 many people. And they're having a hard time trying to find a place to put their hope. And they're having a hard time trying to find a place for their assurance to go to. And as followers of Christ, it's so easy for us to just say, you know what? Let me tell you about Jesus. I have this and my Savior. And let me tell you about my Father God. And, and, and I put all my hope and all my trust in Him. But then when the things start going wrong in our own lives, when we, we get the positive test result back, or, or we watch people in our lives suffer and struggle, and some lose their lives, and, or we, we find our, our jobs lost because our company had to downsize or we we find ourselves deep in depression or we find ourselves struggling emotionally physically financially relationally it's hard to look and go you know what there there has to be a god in fact one of the biggest things for people who leave the faith is that they find themselves in these situations where they're just struggling and they're rocked to the core. And as they're going through these hard times, they're saying to themselves, I just, I just don't see God in it anymore. Our scripture reading today introduces us to this man who was paralyzed. Now he wasn't looking for anything. He wasn't the one that was begging his friends to go see Jesus, but he has these friends And they've heard about this man named Jesus who's making a name for himself by healing people. And they said, you know what? I bet you that's the ticket for our friend. And so they pack him up on their mat and they carry him to this house only to find that there's no way in because the crowd is so big of people listening and religious leaders and they're all crowded in listening to Jesus teach. Now, I don't know about you, but I personally would have looked at it and been like, well, we gave it our best. Let's turn around and go home. But instead, these guys, they looked at the house and they found a plan B. 
and they carried their friend up to the roof and they began to tear away at the roof. Now the roofs in those days were made of like mud and straw. So they were really easy to break apart. And so they, they start chiseling away at this roof. And I can only imagine the people that are in their house, in the house, listening to Jesus teach when all of a sudden the ceiling starts falling in on them and they begin to kind of, you know, you're trying to pay attention to what Jesus has to say, but all along, you know, these little pieces of mud and straw are falling down and, and you know, you do one of those quick glances and right back and quick glance and right back. But, and then, you know, think about Jesus, he's preaching and all of a sudden these things start falling. And then out of nowhere, the, this giant hole in daylight comes beaming down through the house and through that hole comes a man on a mat. See, his friends had this unshakable faith that this man that they've been hearing about named Jesus of Nazareth could heal their friend. They'd heard all kinds of stories of, of people that he, he had healed, and, and they knew that the, only, the, the, the ticket was to go and to find him and to take their friend to, that, to him. But notice that, that they were the ones that had the faith, not the man that needed the healing. It was his friends that had the faith to take him to Jesus. I want you to think in your life. Who do you have in your life whose faith you can rely on 100% of the time? When our faith reserve is on E or, or we start to, to go on fumes, it's easy for us to just step back and, and give it up and say, you know what, that's it. I, I don't want to have anything more to do with it. But, 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 remember we say that, that the Christian faith is not one that is meant to be alone. It's not a solo mission. This is, this is a time for community and for groups. And, and so this is why we surround ourselves with people. Because notice that the faith of his friends is what ha event inevitably got him healed. His friends used their faith in Jesus to start his faith in Jesus. I can almost guarantee the Bible doesn't tell us, but I'm, I'm sure that we can read into it that this man that his friends took to see Jesus had to have walked away believing in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I mean, that morning when he went to on the side of the road to beg or wherever it is that they found him, he couldn't walk. And by the end of the day, he was able to walk into his house now, I don't know about you, but that right there would just kickstart my faith, no matter how low it is. Sometimes we have to feed off of other people's faith in order to build our own. It's amazing. You know, I when I, when I start feeling a little low on faith, I, I always find myself discovering people that are that are building theirs up. And it always astonishes me how it kind of gives me a little bit of a pick-me-up in my own faith. You know, I'm not going to lie, the, the last couple of weeks in our house have been kind of crazy. We, we think we came down with, with COVID, but it was right around the time that we both got the vaccine. So we don't really know, and, and dumb us, we never really got tested. But, you know, it was at that point in time that my faith kind of was waxing and waning a little bit. And, and I watched... I watched people around me as they were experiencing their own faith journeys and, and, and building themselves up. You know, and I don't like to brag, but you know, I, I'm watching as, as my wife is, is studying the Bible more and doing more devotions. And to be quite honest, that kind of fueled my faith a little bit when, when times were getting rough because 
I was watching her as she was building hers, and it, it, it just began to make me want to continue on in my faith journey. Now, likewise, you know, we're talking about when our faith is low, but when our faith is high, we can't just keep it into ourselves. We have to be able to, to go out there and to share it and to show people. You know, this, this whole thing that's going on in our world, it's not just you experiencing it. It's not just me experiencing it. This is the entire world experiencing it. So we all kind of have this common ground where we're coming from. Now, we kind of know where each person is in life. And we can use that to our advantage because we can say, look, we're going through the exact same thing you are. But let me tell you about this man that I know named Jesus. Who do you know that is spiritually, emotionally, physically paralyzed right now? They're, they're, they're confined to a mat. Is there any way that you can take them to meet Jesus? You can bring them to your church. You can show them online worship services, online sermons. I mean, nowadays it's, it's crazy how many people are online now. I mean, with a click of a button, we can go pretty much virtually go to any church across the globe. And when people begin to see us experience or living out our faith filled life, where we have our hope and our assurance in God, it can begin to help us to fuel that on to the next person. The last thing I want you to, to see from this story is, yes, these men had faith in Jesus. They had faith that Jesus could heal this man that was paralyzed on a mat. But what did Jesus do first? He didn't heal him. He forgave him of his sins. I think one of the biggest biggest um, drawbacks or obstacles to a faith-filled life is, be, is that we know what we need, or we don't know what we need. We know what we want. The friends wanted their friend to be healed, but instead Jesus went and forgave him of his sins first, because that was the most important thing. And when we don't get what we want, because let's just face it, we're all selfish people. Human nature is selfish, where we only look out for ourselves deep down in the core So when we go to God and we say, God, I want this, God, I want this, God, I want this. God says, no, no, you need this. You need this. You need this. And I think that's part of the problem with why our faith can sometimes get drugged down so much is the fact that we don't get what we want, but instead God gives us what we need. And sometimes that's not good for us. You know, sometimes that, that kind of makes us upset. It makes us angry. You know, you want, and I'm going to go way out there. You want that, that Bentley, you know, that six figure Bentley, you keep asking God for it. And in turn, he gives you, um, I don't know, Ford focus or, or a car like that. Nothing against those cars, but it's not what you wanted. But ultimately what is a car? It's, it's, it's a, a vehicle, you know, four wheels and an engine to get you from point A to point B. So yes, the Bentley would be nice, but the focus actually just kind of gives you what you need. That's the way that, that God works. You know, he wants us to be satisfied in what we do have compared to what we desire or want to have. 
I mean, if it were up to me, I would have all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, all that as seen on TV stuff and, and big fancy electronics and the nicest, newest car. But honestly, I don't really need that. But it's those wants that we don't get that sometimes make us to begin to question our faith. And remember, we talked about Jesus being tempted in the desert. And one of the things that the devil loves to do is to come straight at your faith. When we find that our faith meter is getting lower and lower and lower and lower, well, that's when the devil comes in and and begins to really poke and prod and, and gets you to really begin to allow doubt to creep in. Now, doubt isn't a bad thing. In fact, having your doubts is the best way to make your faith even stronger because hopefully... Hopefully, when you begin to doubt, you begin to research and you begin to look into things on your own. You begin to read books and blogs and you listen to podcasts and hopefully you're reading your Bible and you're praying more. You're trying very hard to discover whatever it is that you can about God. But you can also allow that to go the other way. Because if you don't do all those things and you just sit there in your doubt and you allow Satan to get into your little head and begin to nitpick. And he goes, well, is there a God? How is this possible? Is this really a thing? How? And he, that's when he begins to pull apart your faith piece by piece by piece by piece. And so that's once again, when you need to rely on those people around you, you can go to them and you can say, I'm having my doubts. Let's talk about this. How is it that, how is it that your faith is inspiring you? How is it that you're able to get through all of these things day by day by day by day? In closing, remember that our faith, our faith is sometimes the only thing that gets us through the day. And yes, there are days where it seems like you're never going to get through it because your faith, your faith is on E. But remember that there is a God that has been there from the beginning and he's going to be there until the end and he's never going to leave your side. So when that faith that you find yourself grasping for as hard as you can to try to pull in any little ounce that you possibly can. Remember that God is always there. One of the most beautiful Psalms that we have is Psalm 136. And the reason that it's so beautiful is because it has a repetitive phrase to it. And that phrase is his love endures forever. God's love is always, always going to be there. So if you find yourself on either end of the spectrum, faithless or faithful and everything in between, God loves you. And that, that is something that you can have faith in. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the for for enduring forever for your love that endures forever forever father whether we're faithless or we're faithful we know that you have are always right there with us 
Father, I just pray that I pray that we're able to just fall in love with you and find our faith all over again. I pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's message, and we will see you right here tomorrow morning. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Mission 4110 podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you like today's message, please share. And also, we ask that you subscribe so that you can get new episodes right to your device when they release. And if you get a second, please leave a rating so we know how we're doing. All of these will help us to fulfill our mission to help others experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. And once again, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. God bless.